0: Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strivel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Let's look in Psalms 126 and read that psalm. And in that psalm it'll tell us the glories of the unexpected. Just leave things up to God. And, 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 and just live by the things that He tells us that's clear. And then we can expect that Him to fill our mouths full of good, wonderful, joyful things. Because He has told us in His Word that uh, I have not seen nor e'er heard, and neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love them. But then he goes ahead to tell that it's through the Holy Spirit of God these blessings come our way. Listen to this song real, real close. The joy of the unexpected and how that God moves, moved among his people of old and even in their captivity. And when, when he got ready, he told them, you going down there and stay 70 years. Well, they need to look back to get back in 65. They need not expect to stay down there 80. God holds the things of importance in his own hand. And that is not important. He's got that too. Listen to this. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter as we dreamed that it would never come to an end. Out of the unexpected, God moved. Then we sang a song about God moves in a mysterious way His wonders to perform. Then was our mouth filled with laughter And our tongue was singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord hath done great things for them, and the Lord hath done great things for for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. I wish I could believe that more than I believe it tonight. I believe it, but I wish I could believe it in a greater uh, way, in a greater magnitude than I even am in possession of tonight. Do you believe that? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. The whole wide world is in his hand. Who is that, Mahalia Jackson? He's got the whole wide world in his hand. Well, that's what Jesus Christ is saying in Acts 1-7 to that church, a little beginning of 11 people. Now, what you need to know is that you need to quit prying into the mysterious, that God has got the whole wide world in his hand, and he'll let you know what you need to know at his appointed time. But everything that you need to know in this hour, in the day in which you live, he hath revealed, and if it brings some weeping, go ahead and cry, because they that weep shall end up joyfully, if I'm going to believe his word. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth beareth precious seed, shall downly come again with rejoicing bringing his sheaves with him. Look in Daniel 2.19. Daniel 2.19. Don't you imagine tonight when God in his mysterious way permitted old Herod to kill all them them little boys, what was it, three years and younger, or whatever it was, And it talks about Rachel weeping for her children, just heartbroken, and would not be comforted. Even in the midst of that, Rachel shall have a good end. Those that weep shall also rejoice. And don't you suppose that the only hope that Rachel could ever have, although she couldn't understand it must have been in a god or a king that was bigger than Herod? Can you just visualize the streets being blood-stained with little infant baby boys? The work of hell itself trying to stop the very plan of God whereby that he had designed salvation through a man? If we could only see tonight and all the things that we do and say that we know is wrong, all the things that brings anxiety into our lives, all the things that tickles, tingles our ego, all the bragging that we do on our family, all the bragging that we do on the church. After hey, so that's all said and done, if God Almighty has not got his hands clasped, unmovable, on the staying will of time. Friends, it'll be all vain and void in this old world. Don't forget Acts 1-7. That God Almighty has kept some things in his own power. And they're safe. And he don't tell them till he gets good and ready. Listen, listen to how Daniel was overcome here. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel. Catch that. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, "Blessed be the name of God for ever and ever, for wisdom and might are His." That's the same thing now that Jesus is telling those eleven men. god got some things in his power. All that Daniel knew was that God, the God of heaven, was able to reveal unto him the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. He just knew he was able, but as far as knowing what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed, his mind was just As blank as that glass. But God, one night, in a dream, revealed unto Daniel what Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed. Now, that's for God one day, just as sure to carry you to heaven as we're in this this building. Let me ask you, is that not what it all, is that not the, the climax, the basis, the hub, the core of why we're here tonight? To honor that God that's going to save us. Is that not it? Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and matter his. And he changes the times and the seasons. That means when he wanted to. God can counteract every law that he's ever put in force. He can cause the sun to stand still. He can cause it to move back ten degrees if he wants it to. He can cause winter to be summer and summer-winter if he wanted to. He can def- he can defy the very law of fire. Fire will burn up anyone that gets in it if God does not counteract the law. But the God that's got some power in his hand can get down and walk in the midst of of the fire that had burned you up to a crackling. Now that's what he wants us, that's what Jesus wants the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to see in Acts 1 7. How frivolous is your thinking? What sin has done to your mind. Always want to know the mysterious. And many times upon many occasions become quite unconcerned in matters that God has designed for you. Sometimes they don't have much glory going with them. For some innocent woman in England in the 1600s to die, be put to a, be put to a just wrapped around a, a stake, so to speak, and a fire kindled at her feet to laugh at her life because she wouldn't renounce King Emmanuel. There's not much glory in that to mankind. There's an awful lot to God. It says here that he setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. That's what we've been talking about this morning and tonight. He's got them in his own power before that they're ever revealed. He revealeth the deep and secret things, he knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. Is there anything that bothers you much more than to know that God knows you inside and outside? I don't believe there's many weeks past that I don't give thought to that. And I really don't know of anything that that really brings me any more thought than that, that God really does know me and know my thoughts. What I think, what I'd like to say, whether I say it or not. And the things that I think, whether I put them into action or not, God knows that. He knows what's in the darkness. He knows what's in the light. And he, he's got a lot of things, his secrets in his hand and many of them he hadn't told yet. But what this God of heaven keeps telling you and I is today is what matters with you. Today. And the people that lose sight of that sometimes uh, is, uh, brings a displeasure to God, if we could uh, say it that way. So let's look now in St. John 7.6 and see what that verse says. St. John 7.6, I'd like to read in another place or two, if you'd uh, be patient with me. The thought that I get in this verse here is, is saying that since I cannot know all the time of God... I should strive to know my own kind, what's available for me, what I can do under the goodness of God, and what God would have me to do in my life. And not whether God will restore the kingdom of Israel or not, or whether God's going to come back next week or not, or whether that this earth's going to be annihilated or just going to go through some great change or whether it's going to be a lot of people go to heaven or a few, and all of that, that, or whether I'm going to know you by your first name in heaven, or whether little babies will still be little babies in heaven, or will six-year-olds still be six-year-olds in heaven. God has kept all such philosophy shut up to us. But he hasn't shut us up to the absolute fact that I will meet Jesus Christ in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And the Bible emphatically says, Comfort ye one another with these words. Claire is a crystal. A lot of times, we just like the church 2,000 years ago, we might not specifically want to settle for that. But anyway, here's what Jesus said. He said, He uh, said, Then Jesus saith unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. That means it was ready today. It will be ready in the morning. But it won't be ready tomorrow because that never does come. But when tomorrow becomes today, then I should be concerned with that day. Turn with me to Luke nineteen. Uh please, uh Luke chapter nineteen verse forty one. In fact, I'll quit after this reading here. Uh Luke nineteen verse forty one. I want to read back a little bit further than that. And in this scene here, it's recorded in, in in some of the other gospels. But in, in this scene here, it's where that our Savior. I went riding into Jerusalem on a little old mule. We want to read about that. And I can just see him as he comes upon the Mount of Olives to the place where he can get a just a clear picture of that city, how he broke into tears over it. And the thing that caused Jesus to break into tears is because the Jews had refused to realize the good day and the opportunities that they had had. Let's read that. Here we'll begin now in verse 37, I guess. Well, uh, let's uh, let's, let's just start in verse uh, 33. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon the colt, and they said, Jesus, thereupon, they made him a little saddle blanket, as we would call it in their top garment, that your Savior would ride on this little old mule. Then and as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even nigh at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude, and this is something above these eleven men, they some behind Jesus and some in front of him, and here they are fixing to break out into singing. The whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Now, it didn't say a thing about salvation, did it? You need to catch that. All that they're involved in or the thing that they're involved in most is a miracle that they've seen. They're still in that same frame of mind in Acts 1-7. And they are blessed to see the great work of Jesus, the spiritual side of it, after that the Holy Spirit has come and led them in to many other truths. Is that not what I'm reading here? What there's praising God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Listen at the religious uh, part of that uh People was going, going along. Uh, and some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. Make them shut their mouth. Now this is the most religious people in Jerusalem. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Now, I believe that Jesus Christ is talking about an old, lifeless, cold rock. Here he shows his power, what he could do. And he shows that it's already been spoken that they shall be praised. So if I told all human beings to shut up these rocks, would begin to chant the praises of heaven. They did chant that at his death. You remember Brother B. Lee talking about that? The earthquake. The sun refused to sign. The very voice of heaven speaking at the very power of God. And when he was come, near, he beheld the city and wept over it. I wonder if I... Well, I ain't going to say that. The Bible don't. But it does say that he wept over the city, didn't it? It said that. Saying, If thou hadest known, even thou, at last in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thy eyes, you've done enough now to where I've closed you up in darkness. I know of no greater tragedy than could ever happen to a preacher or to anyone else is to be so disobedient that God would close them up in darkness and they not even know it. For the, for the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee around, and keep thee on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Here is all the climax of that, Because thou knewest not the time Of thy visitation, you have sought for a king, and you have been unwilling to be taught things that mattered, that I am a king, but I have enshrouded my glory with flesh and blood and bone, like yours, yet without sin. But you don't like that. You are clamoring for a king. No change in Acts 1-7. Will you at this time, before you leave us, restore again the kingdom to Israel? It's not for you to know the times or the season which God has kept in His own power. But ye shall, but ye shall be witnesses. Unto me, beginning in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and in Samaria, and into the uttermost parts of the world. And you go and you stay in that upper room until you be endued, that's clothed, come upon, entered in by my power, you stay there until you are endued with power from on high. If I understood Bill Lee's preaching, he preached the thing that mattered was Jesus Christ. The thing that matters is for us to pay homage, glory, and honor unto his name, love him, and live after his commandments. I'm going to be honest, I don't know of any lesson that has pierced me any more deeply and this study that I've just studied a few hours on these verses that I've talked to you about this morning and tonight. To see the compassion and the love that Jesus Christ has for Jerusalem, and in our day for his people and for the church, and to tell people. And to tell me, don't be overcome by the mysterious. Don't let that person overcome you tells you that he's got a miracle for you tomorrow. Don't be overcome by signs and wonders. God has retained some things in his own power. But what that you should and what that I should be interested in, Jesus calls it, or it inspires a man to write it down, the simplicity of the gospel. Now I don't know about you, but I'm not even as humble tonight as I'd love to be. I know I can grow in that. I don't, there's been only a few instances in my life when I felt that I had really crumbled and come under humbleness as Jesus Christ would have me to do. Riding on that little mule, not a big white horse, with a shining saddle. To die for my sin. To look over me for good and not for evil. To go to bed for elect of God. To stand the test of time without sin. This is who that Jesus would have these disciples to be interested in. Everything else is secondary. Brother Tate Rutherford and myself have spent hour on hour wondering about this millennial reign, whether it really would be a thousand years or not. And this, that, and the other, that's good to pry into, but it's awful secondary to these clear, simple words of encouragement that a child of God can take and incorporate into their lives to bring honor and glory unto God. Dear Lord, you realize the things that's lacking in my life. And I'm thankful to know that. You realize in the areas where I'm strong and you realize the areas where I'm weak. And I know you see all the way through me. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.